Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me. If it is your first time tuning in to uh, Snake Oil Radio, um, I do the show now. Actually, I do the show now weekly every Thursday at 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time for 45 minutes. And then uh, once a month we do an interview show. I have a great guest coming up next week. You can check out that information on my website. So usually what I do with my first show of the month is I like to read uh, my monthly column, and then I want to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to open up the phone lines uh, if anyone wants to comment, uh, make any uh, questions, comments, all that good stuff, uh, or even ask for a little five-minute mini-reading on a personal question. We will do that. Uh, Again, I'll I'll wait probably about uh, 20 minutes into the show before I will open up the phone lines. Uh, absolutely feel free to join me in the chat room with uh, questions and comments as well. And again, thanks for tuning in. My name is Jim Ventura. I am a navigational consultant, spiritual counselor. I've been doing this for many, many years. My expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot and runestones and animal cards. There's quite a few different oracles that I have worked with for many years um, and uh, love doing the work that I do. I'm also a writer, and I published a book a few years back called Dirty Little Secrets, and I will be publishing my second book um, in probably in, that, in the next few months of 2011, and it will be appropriately titled uh, Snake Oil Volume 1. Okay, so again, I always like to start off the show by reading my current monthly column. Um, then I want to talk a little bit about that. Then again, like I said, I'm going to open up the phone lines and, and questions. Um, uh, welcome to all my guests. I see we've got a couple people already in the chat room. And one of my favorite fans, Amethyst72, Jen, a little shout-out to you. Hope you're doing well. And uh, we will um, go from there. Okay, so anyway, this month's column was called Cold and Flu Season, Time to Get Sick. Uh, It's amazing how you can get a flu shot so easily now. During the winter months, it seems nearly everywhere I go, there are places that offer flu shots. I guess in some ways, this is a good thing. If it helps anyone to avoid going through the agony of a flu, then that may be of value. I've never gotten a flu shot, probably never will. I have had a flu a few times in my life, but it has been about five years since I've been sick with a cold or flu. The last time I had the flu was more of a stomach virus. I found myself frequently vomiting and was subjected to diarrhea as well. I couldn't keep any food in my body, and it seemed that I was frequently emptying out every bit of food I'd ever put in it. I was visiting a friend of mine who had a one-year-old that was sick, and while I'm usually not one to carry babies around, I found myself carrying her all over the room during my visit. The next day I had the flu. From past experience, I thought that... head cold type of flu is the worst thing a person could ever experience. I painfully learned that an intestinal stomach flu was even worse. An understandable part of me was irritated with myself for exposing myself to my friend's daughter and catching her illness. As horrible as it was to get sick, I knew that I really didn't catch her illness. Germs didn't jump in from her into me. Some part of me agreed to allow myself to get the flu. Maybe I needed a body flush, although next time I'll find a skilled practitioner to give me a colonic if I feel I need that. Doing an occasional detox can definitely be of value and can help one to avoid getting sick. 
There are all kinds of excellent methods to clear toxins from the body. The weeks before I caught the flu were intense ones. I was juggling a lot of things and was feeling more stressed than usual. I was tired from lack of sleep and worrying about some financial and emotional issues. The illness forced me to rest, and as shitty as the week I had the flu was, I did feel good again when it was finally over. Clearly, for a number of reasons, I needed to rest, and my illness made that a priority. Colds and flu serve a purpose. At a physical level, when we're tired, not eating right, or exercising in a healthy way, our immune systems are weakened. This makes us more susceptible to illness. <clears throat> our body's natural defenses aren't as strong, and germs and viruses are more likely to take hold there. This makes sense to most people at a physical level. But as I continue to remind my readers, all events have a physical as well as emotional and psychological origin. When we look at the reality of how our thoughts create our experiences, we can recognize that we create a cold or flu for other reasons that coincide with physical weak points. In the case of colds, mass suggestion from the media about cold and flu seasons are a huge part of this process. We've bombarded with these suggestions from television, magazines, newspapers, radios, billboards, and the Internet, more often at certain times of the year. When the fall ends and winter begins, the amount of suggestions multiply tenfold. Cold and flu products need to be sold. The suggestions... I can't even turn my page here. <laughs> the suggestions and mass beliefs that we are more likely to get sick in the winter is a profitable one. In addition, people around us at work and home get sick or sneeze on us and we begin to believe that we'll probably get sick. Lo and behold, we often do. All seasons have an overall general feel and flavor. Winter is typically a time for more rest and introspection. Often a cold or flu forces us to slow down, rest, and, and be more introspective. When we have a cold, it is often difficult for us to work at all. We're tired, irritable, and often need to simply sleep and rest in order to heal. Usually when you have a bad flu, your primary goal is to get a tissue before mucus pours out of your nose. We often have to make sure we're in your bathroom so we don't have an accident. Sometimes we get so sick that we may even need to ask someone to help us, often testing our loved ones to see if they really love us. Even, or drinking, even eating or drinking can be a chore. Our main goal is to rest and sleep, so we need more time in the other world. We can't worry about looking good, paying credit card bills, pleasing our boss, shopping for food, and all the other million responsibilities that make up our normal lives. We slip into reevaluation, simply focus on basic survival and rest. These things force us to minimize our focus with the outer world and focus inward and on ourselves. There is another way to avoid colds and flus other than flu shots. I've been doing it for many years now, and I have not had a cold since I started following this plan. I make some time each week to rest and recuperate. Getting enough sleep is a major priority for me. I generally eat well and exercise regularly. I take time nearly every day to meditate or even to take a short nap. I take brief vacations often, and when I'm stressed and overloaded, I choose to rest and release even more to balance the extra energy I'm spending. In the winter, I carve out a little extra time for all of these things. I take baths a few times a week in the winters. Many people won't prioritize doing these things or are convinced that they can't spare the time. In this case, you may be better off getting a flu shot. When you prioritize the health of your body and spirit, you will find yourself getting more comfortable with your own natural rhythms. When you're comfortable with your own unique rhythms, you will find yourself more in tune with the seasons. Our individual cycles are as natural as the cycles of the seasons. If you can allow yourself to ignore the mass 
heed about what, when you're supposed to get sick and simply take care of yourself. You won't need illness to force you to rest. Then you can truly enjoy each season and all the gifts and challenges they offer us. Okay, so that was my uh, current monthly column that I wrote, um, apropos for the time. And, you know, I have to comment on this uh, because the, the funny part of all of this is I wrote this column uh, probably about a month ago and published it. Um, and, by the way, if you're not already receiving my column, you can email me at VenturaSag at yahoo.com or VenturaWordsAtMac.com and get on my mailing list to get my monthly column. It is free. And uh, anyway, um, you know, the funny part of all of this, of course, is lo and behold, I had some issues with my part-time job, work, um, a couple of financial things, a few really intense things going on around the holidays, and lo and behold, I ended up getting a cold and getting sick. So I was particularly embarrassed because I haven't been sick in such a long time, and I felt like such a dumbass in that sense that I didn't even listen to my own advice. Uh, you know what I mean? So you know, and it's one of the things I, I love to tell people. You know, this is a great thing to remember for for all of my um, uh, all of my readers and listeners and everyone, because many of you are very metaphysical people already. In that sense, some of you have great skills intuitively, also. So remember, guys. You know, we're still human beings. We sometimes screw up. We make mistakes. All of those things. You know, move forward and and learn from it and grow. I mean, again. So you know, I ended up having a couple of days of being a little down and out uh, physically. I went to a, a great acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist that I use from time to time, and lo and behold, I am feeling really, really good again. It finally moved through. You know, and the bottom line is, again, I didn't really listen to my own advice. It wasn't like I got an illness that jumped into me. I basically was, uh, you know, again, I stressed myself out about matters and things that were really, really, uh, you know, foolish and me overreacting and, and, you know, and getting caught in the extremes. So here's the thing, you know, the bottom line is, you know, the winter is, you know, when when we live in, in, in this culture and in this climate, you know, I always say December is kind of a weird month for people. Because, you know, naturally and instinctively, you're, you're kind of meant to kind of retreat and rest and pull back and reevaluate and not expend a lot of energy. So lo and behold, we've placed Christmas and even to the tail end of Thanksgiving and New Year's at this time, which, of course, sets people into all kinds of emotional, psychological, physical uh, stresses that can easily come up in the intensity of the season. So uh, I always think it's a bad call for the, these holidays to exist at this time because, um, again, they're they're unnatural in that respect to the natural rhythms of what this time would ask us to do. Um, you know, it is more natural to to, to pull back and and to really, really, really begin to sort of plan your, uh, you know, the the new things you'll birth toward the spring in our lives. In that sense, it, again, it's very, very natural to, for us to want to retreat. So when we ignore those messages, of course. You know, our body will uh, sometimes get us sick. You know, one of the, the beauties of, of being um, ill, I think on the good side of it, is, you know, when you feel better again, you know, you just appreciate everything. You know what I mean? You, have, you can have a good cup of coffee. You know, you can get it to go the day, uh, day without blowing your nose. And, you know, I mean, it just brings back that, that sense of, of enjoyment and, and experience in life. You know, like today I went and I, I worked out at the gym, and, uh, oh, I was so thrilled to get a 45-minute workout in. That really made me happy. 
yeah, I'm one of those weirdos who actually enjoys working out in that sense for the most part. So uh, it was a very, very beneficial thing. So, again, I, I really bring up this idea that there's a real benefit to tuning into the different seasonal vibrations that come in as well as your own. And we don't really have to necessarily get sick, even with the mass feed and the suggestions that, that pop up all around us. You know, it can take a little bit of finesse to maneuver that. But, again, we certainly have the capability and, and ability to do so. So okay, so um I want to uh welcome everyone. Thanks for the comments in the chat room. Uh hello uh Grand Elf. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Amos is this seventy two. We've had a few other people popping in and out of the uh chat room. Uh I usually find that to be the case here um when I am on air. So in a few minutes I'm gonna uh give the phone uh number line out. So if anyone wants to call in and comment and uh, on this particular issue or subject, I absolutely will welcome it. Or, again, we'll also turn the phone uh, lines over in a little bit if anyone wants to ask a quick little personal question um, along the way. So before I do that, like I said, let me kind of finish up my, my point on all of this in that sense. It's, again, now I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm, I'm feeling healthy again. It was, it was interesting to get sick. It's been a while since I've actually been there. Because I am one of these type of people that, you know, like I said, it's rare that I don't even nap for 10 minutes a day if I can. Um, I'm very much about taking care of myself and prioritizing health and maintenance of body. You know, I always like to think I'm sort of a weirdo because I actually enjoy doing that. I don't find that to be um, difficult. I, I find it to be really very pleasant to uh, to to attend to myself that way. So, uh, you know, I always like to teach that to people as well. You got to take care of yourself, you know, because if you expect anyone else to do it, I think, you know, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak, in that sense. So, um, anyway, so again, a good thing. You take care of yourself, you send that message out to other people that you're valuable, and, and we all are. It's something that we have to remember about our, our, our value in this world. In fact, I had a friend of mine who just recently uh, called me to tell me she was going for a job interview. And I wanted to quote something to her that I thought was very interesting from uh, my studies of the Lakota Indian cards as well, too. One of the elements of the Lakota teachings is uh, what air itself represents. And the, you know, the meditation I had given her to take with her on her job interview was more or less, um, I breathe in the gift of life and I breathe out the gift of myself into the world. And she was thrilled that I said that. I said, listen, go into that job interview with the idea that you're of value. You're going to make this job uh, better, and um, they're going to appreciate you, and you are of value. And I think that when we when we take that focus in that sense and really are able to, to see ourselves that way and how valuable we are, people are more likely to be drawn to us and to appreciate those uh, those elements, and we'll even more likely uh, get the job if it's the right thing for us in that sense. And you know, I'm bringing this point up, I think, because certainly a lot of people in in this particular economy in this day and age are are, are struggling with some of these things as well, to maintaining and keeping good work and all that jazz. So um, that's kind of one of the reasons I ended up actually getting sick. My part-time job is is coming to an end and I was a little stressed about that but um, I've already got some solutions and some good things on the table 
that are coming my way, so I'm not going to stress very much about this because I firmly believe, and I endlessly remind people of this, you know, we're meant to be taken care of. We just have to open ourselves up to that idea of, of and when I say being taken care of, I'm talking about from spirit, from God, from all that is, from your angels, from your spirit guides. It's really about opening up to that stream and allowing that to happen, no matter what type of crap you may have dealt with in your life. We've all gone through, you know, difficult experiences from time to time. Okay, I'm going. To, I want to throw this. Um, I want to answer. Um, Jen uh, Amethyst uh, 72 asked a question, and I'm going to address that. I'm also going to open up the phone lines. If anyone has um, a, uh, a question and they want, or a comment on this particular subject that they want to throw out, so the phone line number is uh, you might have to dial a one first, but it's six four six two hundred three nine six six. Again, that number is six four six two hundred three nine six six. If you'd like to uh, talk for a few minutes on the air. Uh, I do want to, you know, to point out that, you know, I try to keep the um, uh, the phone calls to just about five minutes or so. It's only a 45-minute show, so um, I don't want to rush anyone through by any means. But um, I want I, I want to hear everything you got to say, and if you have a question, you're absolutely welcome to to throw that out to me. Otherwise, I will continue to just talk about this subject and a few others as we uh, go and as I normally do with my show. Again, so that number six four six two hundred three nine six six. Uh, Jen, uh, you had asked in the chat room about, you have a question uh, for you about runes and things of that nature, so um, I don't know what your question actually is, so if you want to pose that um, in the chat room or call in, either way is fine in that sense, um, because I'm not really sure what your specific question is. uh, anyway, you know, it, this brings up a very interesting point about runes. I was watching a, a special the other day about, um, on, on I guess, one of these history channels. I was catching about Hitler's obsession with the occult, they like to call it. And he actually had astrologers and uh, rune casters and various things that he had um, hired uh, during his quote-unquote reign in that sense, and uh, and then at one point he even had many of them executed. So you know this is one of the things that a lot of people are are not really aware of. In that sense, that there were a tremendous amount of of sadly of, of Jews that were killed, but also many um, gypsies, uh, homosexuals, uh, uh, spiritualists, um, and and many other people were killed during this particular time as well. So um, I was a little bummed, I guess, to kind of hear that he was even, you know, using some of this type of stuff um, and that, you know, even runes could possibly even be used that way. But here's the thing. I mean, I always want to tell people this, that um, the reality is, you know, an, an oracle, you know, a rune stone, um, you know, animal cards, tarot, any of these things, you know, like anything in life, they can be used in a very, very positive way, and they're certainly meant to be as far as I'm concerned. But like anything, people can abuse or misuse or misread something. I mean, the truth is, you know, I mean, someone could could ingest too many carrots and have problems. We wouldn't want to demonize carrots in that sense. But it seems like he had used a lot of this um, this type of thing. He was clearly drawn to the idea of, of pulling in that, that extra power 
in that sense, but also equally at the same time terrified of it, clearly in that sense when he had uh, executed and and put a number of of spiritual people out. So um, the rune stones, uh, just for for my listeners, by the way, if you're not familiar with with, uh, rune stones, uh, runes are a Viking oracle um, that were used to, it's kind of like a navigational aid. They would help people to navigate, to maneuver in life in that sense. So um, it's interesting if you study the runes in that sense, because you'll see a lot of these symbols all around you carved into different things. And then again, it's great because that gives you that awareness of um, of what uh, why certain runic symbols may, may show up around you in that sense. So that said, um, the runes themselves uh, are, are a really wonderful oracle to work with. You know, this is a suggestion that I have for people who are looking at the idea of learning how to um, uh, read cards or how to uh, study oracles in that sense. Um, I think that it's really, really, uh, runes are a great tool to use, guys. If you're looking, tarot is a very, very difficult thing to learn and master. A lot of people will pick up tarot or even begin to study astrology, and, and they're very, it's very complicated. Where something like runes or angel cards are much easier to learn for someone who's just beginning to um, study. So I highly recommend if that's something you're looking to do on your own that you, you check out things like runes because, I mean, there's only 25 of them in a bag. So, you know, the Tarot is 78, and then you have 78 reverse meanings on top of it, too. So it's a lot to learn in that sense. Okay, so let me see. Uh, let me let me answer Amethyst72's uh, question. Jim, I especially value your words. My ex asked me if I, if I would be Catholic with him. We had a split up due to him being judgmental. Last split was because I have an oracle... Uh, a oracle cards. Do you feel its intentions are good? Okay, good question. Uh, let me answer this for you in the best way that I possibly can. Uh, okay, so he asking you if you'd be Catholic. Well, all right. That you know, that's something that you know that would be a very personal decision on your end about whether that's something you're really wanting to do and you're necessarily wanting to step into. You know, I was actually raised Catholic as a child in that sense, and I, I I've made my um, uh, and I've I pointed out that I actually don't really have any real animosity toward Catholicism. Um, I think there's some very good things in Catholicism. I also think, like with all religions, there's a number of things that I would I would su- uh, suggest to people to steer away from. One is in Catholicism, there's often an, a, a kind of underlying message that suffering somehow is good for the soul, or that God will love you if you suffer. Um, this is, you know, many of us who were raised Catholic saw this where we were taught that, you know, certain um, saints were, uh, certain saints were praised because they suffered. You know, let's say St. Teresa, she was raped, she was attacked, she had her eyes gouged out, and God loved her, and then she was made into a saint. Well, that's great to honor someone who's gone through such difficulty, but uh, on the negative side, again, if we read what the message is at some level, it's sort of saying that if you suffer, God kind of smiles on you in that sense and you're loved more. Uh, again, not one of the best messages to me to, to necessarily want to carry in that sense in your life. But on the positive side, I do find that Catholics often are very kind 
and or often uh, have kind of a, an interest in mysticism that I think a lot of religions have moved away from. And I think that's kind of one of the coolest part of religion is to kind of see the mystical side of it as well, too. So uh, anyway, so just to give you a little fill-in on, on, on what Catholicism, Catholicism is about in that sense, again, like all religions, they have a good or a negative side to it. What I would suggest is, um, you know, a lot of times people who... Um, we have to remember something also, too, about uh, Christianity itself in that sense. You know, uh, based on it, you know, at its core level, um, uh, all Christian religions are based, you know, ideally on the, the tenets and the teachings of Christ, which in and of themselves, of course, are awesome and extremely good in that sense. Um, on the negative side, a lot of people who are very, very strongly religious in that sense are that way because they believe that they're sinners and that they need to cling to this thing for salvation to be um, loved, to be taken care of, to earn their place in heaven, all of those things. It's one of the reasons why you'll often find that really hardcore religious extremists are often very angry with people with the idea of needing to quote-unquote repent. I was recently in Vegas and I saw a number of people kind of standing around with signs and trying to talk to people about repenting and give up the evils of gambling and all these other things. I actually found it very amusing in that sense that they were tempted to pull that off in Las Vegas, by the way. But um, anyway, so there's that underlying kind of theme. And we have to remember that the word sin in its original format meant simply to miss the mark. When we sin, we're missing the mark, like taking a shot at a bullseye in that sense. So if we make a mistake, we ideally we learn and we grow and we move forward. That's kind of the point. So a lot of times, again, people who are you know really intensely religious in that sense are, are trying to um, earn God's good grace. They believe that they have they have sinned in the past. So of course those sins are projected out upon to other people. Now the reason I'm bringing this up is I want to answer this question this way for you as well too. Um, so if he's really if he's really wanting you to be catholic in that sense it's again it's because in his own way this is a distortion of of him loving you and wanting to help save your soul in that sense he believes your soul may need to be saved so that's pretty key here to consider and to look at um you know uh, you know you may not you know and I'll say this to you Amethyst 72 um you know do you really necessarily believe your soul needs to be saved um, that's the key thing. You know, what I would suggest um, that you do, let, let me, in case anyone's not in the chat room, I want to read some of this dialogue that's going on here in case you guys can't see it. Jen is asking about her boyfriend wanting her to uh, become uh, Catholic for him. Um, and so her answer, of course, is, I did tell him if he has good intentions, I would visit his church. He hasn't responded we still talk through, though, just not this topic again yet. I still feel I have unfinished, with, unfinished business with him, just not sure if he has anything to do with it. Okay, so anyway, yeah, you know what, he may, um, he may shut down a little bit on this subject and in this area. I think that, you know, I think you, it sounds like you're taking a good approach to this, that you're willing to visit um, his church um, and, and participate at that angle. I mean, within Catholicism, like, you can't receive communion and things of that nature unless you actually technically are Catholic. But I do know that they will welcome people into the church. And, and, you know, that may be what you want to do. You may want to go to a service with him and see if it's appealing to you 
in that sense. Um, it might be. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I was never a big fan of the mass and church. It kind of bored me, to tell you the truth. But I did actually like the singing masses that they did, strangely enough. I thought those were much more upbeat and a lot more fun in that sense. So it might be something that you, you could check out in those terms. But, you know, if he um, he may also just be asking you to consider this in that sense. And again, this is I can't make a decision for you in that respect. This is something that you will have to do for yourself about whether you would feel it feels fitting to you in that respect. Um, again, a lot of Catholics are really good people and spiritual people in their own way. I personally, and I find this to be the case with a lot of my um, my readers and a lot of my um, clients and the people I work with. I don't feel you need a religion to be a spiritual person or that you have to be attached to such a um, a, uh, a structure in order to be a spiritual individual. I personally don't. Um, many people do need that, and many people also are drawn to many of the ceremonies and rituals and many of those things as well, too. Um, even within my own family, you know, some of my, I have many siblings in my family, and some of them still go to church regularly. Uh, my mother loves if you go to church with her. So on occasion when I visited my mom, I've actually gone to a Catholic Mass with her. Um, again, not really my thing, but um, I certainly have no issue with, with going into a church if it's something that's going to make her happy. You know, she feels good when her family's around her. I'm sure she has some perception that, you know, people might be watching and saying, oh, look at that, she's the good woman that's got, look at that great family, it's the mother with her, her children around her, you know what I mean? I'm sure she gets some kind of, of, of pride and, and happiness from that. And I certainly wouldn't really want to take that away from her. And I think this may be the case in some respects with you also, um, with your situation, uh, Jen, that he may really want you to be part of that in that way. So, you know, if you're okay with it, you might want to be minimally part of it in the sense and maybe go to a couple of services with him. But to commit to joining, um, you know, a, a church for someone, uh, that might be a little bit in the cuckoo bird land in that sense at this point in the game. Uh, you may not really want to take it that far. Um, if he's you know, if he is, uh, if he can't agree with your um, with your decision in that sense, and is uncomfortable if you don't join him fully in that way, well, then that might be a you know that might be a, a red flag of, uh, of of whether the relationship is going to sustain in the long haul. You know, I mean, I, you know, I know personally for me, if I was dating someone and they were Catholic or they they enjoyed going to certain uh, church ceremonies and stuff. Honestly, it wouldn't bother me. I would be perfectly okay with it. I would think that they got some kind of joy out of it. I know I have a number of friends who go to like Unity churches, um, and I think those are actually pretty awesome. I've been to a few Unity ch- churches, and I think those they can be really amazing. Um, I just again am not a church dude. You know, I think that for me. You know, God, you know, spirit is in my animals. It's in the sunset that I see. It's in it's in everything around me. I don't necessarily need those type of ceremonies. I tend to probably follow more of the, you know, some of the pagan ceremonies in that sense. And, um, you know, again, that's my own personal thing. 
So I would hope that anyone I was involved with um, emotionally would recognize and respect that in me as well, too. And that, you know, in further to answer your question, that may be something that you you, you want to say, Tim, in that respect, that you will check out and um, some of the things that he does, because you may get some benefit from it. But that to recognize that you are a spiritual person, Jen, that it does matter to you in that respect, that everyone doesn't have to follow the same path to find God that way. You know, I mean, to me that's just a you know a, a reality in that sense. People want to say that their church or their road is the right road and there is no other road. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, let's... Uh, yeah, she, Jen's mentioning on the on the website, of course, that she uh, uh, felt uncomfortable in churches. Yeah, I I guess I always kind of have too. I I just feel like, you know what? I I always think that. I remember being a kid and going to Catholic masses, and I always wanted. I always thought it would be more interesting if people talked and they had a dialogue time. You know, they would read like from a, a certain uh, Bible passage, the Gospel, and then the priest would give his opinion on what that meant and how that applied and you know i always thought it would have been far more appealing if he he let some people talk as well too and it was more of a dialogue i mean there may be churches that do this i I absolutely don't know so that's why again i find a lot of times when i have been to um some of the unity churches in the area i've seen that to be more the case and then a lot of it's really the familial connection that people have. You you know, you have a potluck where you eat food afterwards and people talk and they become friends with each other and, you know, and they dialogue during the um, the uh, ceremonies. And, um, you know, I, I went to a unity church myself um, a couple of years back and there was really an amazing minister. In fact, I interviewed her on my show. You can check that in the archives if you want, a woman named Kira and uh, who's uh, Unity of uh, Divine Love in, in Chandler. And, you know, I went to kind of a service around uh, New Year's, and she did this thing where everyone wrote down all the new intentions they were planting that they wanted to create for themselves in the coming year. And then we also wrote down a list of things we were letting go of. And then they built, they had a little bonfire, a little barbecue pit, and everyone walked by and threw the negative things into the the fire pit and then um, kept the list of the things they were going to create. And I got to tell you, I thought that was really kick-ass. I mean, I thought that was a great ceremonial thing. And I thought, boy, you know, we never did anything like this as a kid in in Catholic school or or Catholic masses or things of that nature. So that was really cool. So, you know, that's the type of thing to me that that's a ceremony that I can kind of back up or, or get behind in that sense. But yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Like I said, um, you know, spirit is is all around you. I mean, to me, uh, you, you cannot avoid God. You cannot avoid spirit. It's the same thing with with just messages in general. I think that we're always receiving input and messages and and all kinds of things. It's really about tuning in and being able to find those things and to listen and to discern and and, and divine what uh in essence is is coming through in that sense and really really listening i think we're always being given guidance it's just sometimes you know our angels or spirit guides whatever your terminology for that is again all, we all have different terms for these things but i think we we sometimes they'll they'll kind of nudge us or point a direction and we don't like what we're being told to do you know what i mean it scare us it might 
feel like, you know, that, oh, my God, how am I going to handle that? Is this a good thing, you know, or am I able to do it? You know, these things will come up when we're directed. So even in relation to this question that, that Jen has asked in the chat room, you know, you know, either this particular issue that's coming up about your, your boyfriend wanting you to join the church with him in some respects, um, you know, it'll either bring you closer together in some respects, or it may actually, you know, separate you. You don't know what the answer to that is, but you don't have to be fearful of what that necessarily is. I think that the key is is to be open to looking at his perspective. If you do want to get to know him, there certainly is some benefit in checking out, you know, what he does. But, you know, I can almost look at this, you can almost talk about this from a, a very uh, another kind of very simple perspective in that sense. If he was really into fishing, and he wanted you to really, really get into fishing, it'd probably be cool if you went on a fishing trip with him. Then you could find out whether you like fishing. But And you might. You might find that you enjoyed fishing and that you wanted to go fishing with him or you wanted to learn more about this. But you might find out that you thought fishing sucked and it really wasn't something that was for you. And then it could be, okay, dude, you know, we're still together, but you go fishing without me. You go with you by yourself, or you go with your friends, you have a good time, and I'll do what I want to do. But we could still be together. Uh, um, okay, so, uh, so I'm going to ask a different question here. Spirit Divine writes, I seem to not be the best listener. Could you possibly give me direction on how to move past the fear of pushing forward and worrying about the outcome? Okay, different question, different answer, and uh, a very good one, so I'm going to take a couple of minutes to answer that um, uh, question as well, too. Okay, so learning how to listen. That can be, you know, that can be that can be quite a skill in that sense to to learn how to do that. You're absolutely right. It's something you have to train yourself to learn how to do. Um, now the fear of pushing forward and worrying about an outcome. Again, another really really good thing to bring up because I think you're you're, you're bringing up something that's very very key for a lot of people. You know, fear is an interesting thing because you know it it, it definitely serves a purpose. I mean, there's good fear in that sense, and there's bad fear. So good fear is you know I mean you. You know, if your your instinct tells you not to do something um, that's damaging to you, that's good fear. You know what I mean? Or potentially could be. Bad fear, of course, is often a fear of the unknown or an irrational fear in that sense. So my suggestion on on that part of your question is this. Be aware that you're always going to get fear voices that are going to try to convince you of things. Um, what if I what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not able to do? It? What if it's the wrong decision? Blah 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 blah. I mean, even when I got sick, I thought, oh my God, who's ever going to listen to me after I just wrote about not getting sick and then I got sick? You know what I mean? I was, and then I, I realized that that was a fear voice. That was a voice that's suggesting that um, that the rest of the world is as judgmental as I am, and that's that's and they're usually not. So. You know, in answer to your question, Spirit Divine, um, the thing is, allow fear to exist, but it's almost like, look at it, let's, let's, let's put it from this perspective. If you had a friend who was a good person that you loved and was particularly negative, and he or she was very, very fearful and, and kind of telling you negative things a lot of times, you may or may not stay connected with the friend, but you learn how to kind of take a lot of what they say with a grain. In other words, you let it kind of flow through you. 
So um, it's the same thing with the fear voice when it really starts kicking in in our heads in that sense. We want to say, I'm listening to what you're saying to me, and you might be right. Maybe I have something to fear. Maybe I might not be good enough. Maybe I might not um, handle it the right way. But the answer would be is I'm going to trust my instinct, and I'm going to take a shot anyway. Because if I fail, then the bottom line is I, can, I will learn from this and something of benefit will come out of it. If I sin, fail, miss the mark, something will still be valuable in it. So the key is you can't get rid of fear. It's more that you learn how to accept that it exists, but not necessarily sit in its energy very much. So the other thing is that you, you mentioned here is about an issue about worrying about the outcome. No, that's very, very key because, you know, when you worry about an outcome, a lot of times we actually can make the outcome worse because it almost becomes like a prayer where we're drawing the very thing that we're so scared of to us through prayer in that way. So you want to be careful about worrying. You know, here's my, you know, I actually have a very practical solution on worrying that I always tell people to do. When you catch yourself worrying about something, honor that. You're worrying, what if it's the wrong thing? What if it turns out bad? What if I screw up? What if everyone's mad at me? What if it's the wrong job? What if I... Give yourself a time limit. If you catch yourself worrying, say, okay, I've worried uh, for about, uh, I'm giving myself five minutes of worry time, and then I'm going to leave this alone. So there's a very, very powerful thing to learn how to do when you're worrying also, which is to hand it to spirit, to hand it to your, your, your spirit guides, to hand it to the angels. Say, listen, I'm stressing out, I'm worrying, I'm freaking out, I'm giving this to you guys. It's your job to handle this and resolve this for me. I'll tell you, not only will that release the worry um, tendency, but it also will typically tend to create a carve out a road where the situation gets solved. So it's kind of a dual thing there. It's natural to worry, but realize that you know we we can make a conscious decision to say, okay, I've worried enough. Um, I give myself four minutes of worry time, and then I'm going to stop worrying about it. I'm going to think about something else, and literally go do that. Go do something else. Shift gears. You know, go play with your dogs. Go take a walk. Go bake some muffins. Do something tangible and practical. And every time you catch yourself worrying, shift your mind and say, I have nothing to worry about. It's all being taken care of. It's all being resolved. Spirit is going to solve this for me, and I trust the directional arrows that I'm going to be shown. Okay? So, all right. Great question. Uh, I've only got a couple of minutes. I'm going to finish up here with a couple of comments. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back again next week, and I've got a really kick-ass guest. Uh, You can check that out on the website um, that I'm going to be interviewing next week. And uh, we'll welcome calls for you to talk to her as well, too. I'm here every week, every Thursday at 2 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, so please feel free to tune in at any point. Um, uh, Also, a little side note to uh, Jen, Amethyst72. I loved your website. As soon as I get back from my next vacation, I am going to uh, order a couple things from you. We've got some kick-ass stuff. Check out Jen's website. Jen, post your website in this chat room before you go, okay? Folks, feel free to uh, to market your own stuff here. You <laughs> hear, I know a lot of you guys are real spiritual people in that sense. You've got some good stuff to share. So I'm here again, like I said, every week, every Thursday. Um, I'll open up the phone lines next time as well, too. And uh, I look forward to our next. 
visit. If you're not already getting my uh, monthly column, email me, guys. Uh, it's free. You, no one's ever going to get any information. I don't let anyone else see your your um, your uh, emails. I, I blind copy, send out my column each month. Some great classes I do, some great information in the newsletter. It's absolutely free. So if you're not already getting it, uh, getting it, go to VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com and get on my mailing list, please. Absolutely, you'll 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 love my column. Um, and also uh, check out my first book. It's available on Amazon, or you can get it directly through me. My first book, Dirty Little Secrets. I'm going to probably do some passages from that over the next couple of months. One of my uh, my first books, and uh, I loved writing Dirty Little Secrets. It's a very fun book. Anybody with any type of spiritual disposition will get a real out of my, out of my first book. A lot of spirituality, a lot of humor, uh, a lot of cuckoo stuff. Oh, so you, you mentioned that your ex is a sage as well, too. Yes, we certainly are full of ourselves in a good sense and sometimes in a bad sense. So... Looks like we're winding down here for our first show of January. I wish everybody a fantastic uh, new year and uh, wishing you all the best. Thanks for all your questions, all your comments, and thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully we'll catch you next time. And, and keep aware, be aware that you know you can go through the, uh, the, the, the log and you'll see all my past shows are all archived. So if you want to catch some of the interview shows or other things that I've done, you can do that at your own leisure. So again, wishing everyone a happy new year, and check out Jen's lotions from me to you as well. And, uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Jim Ventura signing out. Happy New Year. Cheers from uh, Snake Oil Radio.